How many want more? Did you know God's up, God on much more? I want more of him. So tonight, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians 5.21. And as we uh, go, we're going to pray. Father, we just bless you tonight. We bless you for your presence. We bless you for your goodness. Father, we bless those who have ears to hear and hearts to open. Father, we decree and declare tonight that your word will not return void, but it shall prosper into hearts and where it is sent. So, Holy Spirit, we bless you. We welcome you. We ask you right now for fresh oil, fresh anointing in your presence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to say uh, good evening to everyone and to the Bound and Grace family and all those who are tuning with us for the first time or maybe repeat uh, watching this uh, on the air. First of all, I want to just thank the Lord for our, our pastor, uh, Pastor Walt. He's been slamming and Pastor Gabe. Uh, he's been slamming. And so it's just so great to, to be able to come to you tonight. But also it's a blessing to know that God is a God of purpose. God's a God of purpose. He doesn't do anything without purpose. And so tonight I had you turn to 2 Corinthians 5.21. And uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, positioning and practicing. Now, they may not be spiritual terms. They are athletic terms. All my life, from 7th grade to 12th grade and even college, I was a ball player. And one of the things I knew, that in order to play, you have to be in position. You have to be in position. If you're not in position, you can't play. So if you were to watch a basketball game or if you were to watch a football game or any sporting game, those players are known by the position that they play. And then after being in position, you have to be able to play. And the way you play to get better, you have to practice. So I found this from the Word of God in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's look at that, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. It says, he who knew no sin, meaning Jesus, he had no sin, but he became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Understand, he became something that we were so we could become who he is and what he is. He became something. He became sin. He had none. We were the sinners. So in order for God to use you and to use me, he has to first put us in position. When we were made righteous, God was putting us in position so he could use us. God does not use anybody unless you're in position. You can't play ball. You can't play a game unless you're in position. So it is with God in this kingdom. God is a righteous God. His throne is a throne of righteousness. And we need to understand this. The Bible says, as he is, so are we. If God is righteous, in order to use us, he has to make us righteous. So righteousness is a position. It's a position. But, but once you get in a position, you have to practice. Okay? So once we are made righteous, we got to learn how to practice righteousness. You got to learn how to practice righteousness. Just say, I have to learn how to practice righteousness. And you need to write this down too. Whatever you practice, you get better at. 
whatever you practice, you get better at. The more I practice baseball, the more I practice fielding, the better I become a fielder. The more I practice hitting, the more I become a better hitter. Amen. The more I learn how to still practice stealing bases, I can steal bases. But I have to practice. You just don't run on a ball field and all of a sudden you just start getting your game off. And matter of fact, most practices, if get this, when you practice, nobody is there to watch you. Except for your teammates. Maybe some people that or a manager or some fans just to stand around the park and watch you. But generally, you practice with no crowd. You practice with nobody watching. But when game time comes, when game time comes, everybody's going to be there and they're going to see how, what you did in practice because it has to be manifested on the field. God does the same thing. He positions us. He makes us righteous. And then we have to start practicing righteous. When you practice the word, you practice reading the Bible. You practice praying. You practice loving. Amen. Matter of fact, God has to put his love in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then we have to practice loving one another. You just don't love on because you just want to love. Human love is bankrupt. Human love is bankrupt. Can't we see that? The Bible says, but the love of God never fails. God's love is an unfailing love. If, if you want to fail in love, stay human. Stay without the love of God. Try to do love in the flesh. You start loving people by body parts. You want love for real. It's a selfish love. Human love is selfish. So God has to get us out of self and put himself within ourselves so that we can become who he says we are. See, so whatever you practice, you get better. You can practice lying. Keep practice lying. You get good at lying. Keep practice stealing. You get good at stealing. Keep practicing unforgiveness. You get good at unforgiving people. Keep practicing being bitter. Oh, you get better at it. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Whatever you practice. I learned that on a ball field. I didn't learn that when I came to church. Matter of fact, I got kind of sidewind trying to do church and should have took my athletic piece and brought it to the church. And then let's let's brought balling because everybody knows the reason you see these athletes playing. They love the game. You say, well, how can they play football and they're getting all banged up? They love the game. Because when you play that game, it's a collision sport. You, you got to be able to take those hits. There's no soft way to play football. You have to take hits. So you got to condition your body so you can be able to play that sport. Well, when we start practicing righteousness, it causes us to stay in position of righteousness so God can be a blessing to our lives. God becomes a blessing because he first has to give you what he has so we can become who he is. And so God understands that concept. God understands that principle. Yes, he does. So whatever you practice, you become better at. If you practice giving, you'll come, you'll come better at giving. If you practice forgiving, 
You become better at forgiving. You got to practice forgiving because you know what? You don't want to. Because you say you don't know what they did to me. Now, let me say something what Jesus says. He says it's impossible. But offenses are going to come. It's like trying to play football and complain that you're getting tackled. If you play football, you're going to get hit. But why do they play? They love it. They love it. And you got to turn it around. You got to love God. So when somebody offends you, you got to forgive them. I really believe this in my heart. When, when, when they said crucify Jesus. And next thing that came out of his mouth, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Forgive them. And if Jesus can forgive somebody for what we did, he took our sins. He had none. He had no sin. He took ours. He took the world's sin. He became sin for us that we might be made something. See, God want to make something out of our lives. See, God, when Jesus came, he said, I'm coming that you might have life. What was he coming to give us? God wants to give you abundant life. He didn't want to give you a life full of poverty, brokenness, pain, discomfort. He came to give us life. And this life that he came to give us is called the God kind of life. I've said this before in Abounding Grace, and they heard this, but some of you out there never heard it. But guess what? Did you know, did you know life takes life out of you? Life doesn't put life in you. It takes it out of you. Look at all the things that are available to us over the Internet, over the airways, just watching, you know, movies and watching people interact with people, watching things that, that go on. There are things that are made that if you if you puff it, it can mess your lungs up. Think of it. Life taking life out of you. There are things you can drink. Can mess up your liver. Taking life out of you, not putting it in you. We need to understand God is a God of position. Did you know? The only reason he could speak to Moses. He had to wait till Moses got, got in that mountain, got to position near that tree. He was positioning so he could speak to him. Oh, yes, he was. And then he used Moses. God can't use any of us until we're willing to, to, to get in position. And one of the greatest uh, detriments to mankind and to the world is, is sin. People say, well, well I, we all sin. That's right. We all sin. But and we came short of the glory of God. We became short. Don't you know something about sin? Sin kills. Sin takes us out of the purpose of God. God knew that we couldn't be who we're supposed to be in sin. So he comes and he positions us. He takes our sin and he makes us righteous. We are the righteous of God. That's who we are. Amen. So it says, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. So now that I'm made righteous, I, I got to practice righteousness. The Bible says the prayer of the righteous avail much. Not the prayer of an unrighteous person. It's the prayer 
of a righteous person who's been made right with God. That's what righteousness is, to be made right with God. We're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, but God so loved us that he gave his son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sin has one purpose, to take you out. Did you know if you practice sin, you get wages? You get wages. You know, if you work a job, at the end you get wages. You, get, you, you know, you get a salary. You get a paycheck. And this is the devastation of sin because sin is unrighteous. You sin long enough, you're getting wages. You just don't collect them at the end of the week. But it's collecting. And after a while, after those wages get to a certain point, death will come. Death will come. We're living in a day now where we got to make righteous decisions and we got to practice righteous decisions. We got to practice righteousness. So it says the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous avail much. That's James 5.16. But look at this. The, the, uh, I think it's amplified. It says the earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Did you know without power, nothing changes? Nothing changes without power. That's why the Bible says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall have power. You need power to practice righteousness. You need power to make good decisions. God said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He didn't want us to answer. So he said, answer for us. He said, choose life so that you can live and your seed. God is a family God. You know, he loved the parents. He loves your seed. Amen. So, so, so the prayer of the righteous avail much because it's power behind it. See, you have to practice praying. When the Bible says, call upon me, he said, I want you to start praying, start practicing. You may not know even how to pray. Peter said one thing on that sea when it was storming. And he walked out and started falling. His prayer was short. Lord, help. That was a prayer. And the Lord helped him. Now, confess your faults one to another. Pray for the fervent prayer of the righteous man avail much. It avails much. Okay? Now, what I, what I want us to see right now is this. Until you pray, you'll never get an answer. Until we start praying, we'll never get an answer. God says, call upon me, call upon me, and I will show you. That's an invitation to prayer. But we don't want to pray because my flesh don't want to pray. It's my spirit. And so what I have to do, I have to keep practicing. I have to keep practicing loving my neighbor as myself. I got to keep practicing loving. How about this? Love your enemies. Amen. Did you know you can have an enemy, and if you love them, the person next to you, your friend, will never know he's your enemy. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. See, you have to tell them they're their enemy, but we all have enemies. <laughs> You can't be a Christian without having enemies. Amen. Nobody wants 
to stay, put it this way, when you play a game, you have flesh and blood playing that game. But when you become born again, it ain't against flesh and blood. It's a different ball game. It's a spirit ball game, not a natural ball game. Because the enemy of our souls, he hates us because you and I are in the image and likeness of God. We are in his image and in his likeness. Everybody say, I'm in his image and in his likeness. Amen. Now, I'm not God, but in his likeness means I can function like God. Because he gives you his spirit. He gives you the ability by his spirit so that we can obey God. Because the Bible says the spirit of God is given to us so we can obey. Amen. Amen. It's about position. God positions us. If we're born again, God's positioned you. Amen. But we got to practice. We got to practice. Now, how we got to practice righteousness, the prayer of the righteous. So in practicing righteousness, we have to realize this. That every day we have to practice righteousness, doing the right thing. You have to practice being in the right relationship with our Father. It's not osmosis. It's not osmosis. Faith works by love, but faith has to, has, is energized by love. You have to have an energy. Faith, faith energizes us to love. Did you know love is an energy? God is love. It's an energy. He energizes us. He energizes us the will to do of his good pleasure. You know, righteousness don't mean you're perfect. But God says this, I will perfect you as you practice doing the will of God. God perfects us. He perfects us. Amen. Amen. I say he perfects us. Glory to God. Here is Psalm 84, 11. It says, the Lord is a son and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold for them who walk uprightly. God, righteousness, man, causes God to release his very best to us. God is a righteous God. There's no unrighteousness in him. Amen. Righteousness, to be in right standing with God. God puts you in a position of righteousness so he can bless you as we practice righteousness. Look at 8411 again. He's a son and he's a shield. The Lord will give grace, empowerment. Grace is an empowerment. And glory is the weight of God, the, the, um, the omnipotence of God, the glory. He says, no good thing will I withhold from them. Who? The righteous. Those who are practicing righteousness. Remember, righteousness is a position. But when I start practicing it, then God can bless me. See, you're not blessed because you're in a position. You're blessed because we are a doer of righteousness. We practice righteousness. See, the very nature of God is righteousness. In order for him to bless us, I got to be in position so he can bless me. That's why he, he puts us and gives us righteousness to put us in position so we can play and that we can win. That's why the Bible says that Christ, 
He always calls us to triumph. God is about winning. I said God's about winning. He's about, he's about victory. Yes, he is. He's about success. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have more abund abundant life. Amen. So when I don't, when I don't practice righteousness, I cut away. The, I miss the benefits of righteousness. Abundance. I get lack instead of abundance. God is an abundance God. Yes, he is. But God does things according to his will. The nature of God is righteousness. So when I practice righteousness, I stay in the nature of it. Say that. When I practice righteousness, I stay in the nature of it. I'm already got the position. All right, I'm third baseman. But I got to practice to know how to make plays at third. You have to practice the word of God. When you read it, you practice it. If you study it, you practice it. If you teach it, you're practicing righteousness. Amen. When you say the word, you're practicing righteousness. That's why the, the centurion told Jesus, just speak the word only. I don't need a sermon. Just speak the word. Because he understood that Jesus, when he spoke, things happened. Amen. Amen. That's why the Bible says that power and life is in the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Now listen, God says power of life and death is in the tongue. And we are known by our fruit. So if you want the right fruit, we got to speak the right words. We got to stop cursing ourselves. You think you got a right to get mad and just cuss? That's bringing a curse. Jesus came to redeem us from the curse. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If you're practicing righteousness, your speech is going to be righteous. If you just got a position, but you don't practice, then your speech won't be righteousness. Jesus came to redeem us. He came to redeem us. He came to save us. Salvation is just more than getting to heaven. Guess what? You're not in heaven yet. We're here. Okay, and we have to start practicing every day. As a believer, you have to practice prayer, praying. You have to practice talking correctly. You have to practice sowing so you can reap properly. Amen. We got to practice being in unity. You just don't have a position of rights and all of a sudden we're going to be unified. You have to practice the unity. How good and pleasant it is for those who dwell in what? Unity. You have to practice it. You have to practice it. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want us to look at um, Psalm 37, 25. And when the Lord showed me this, it made me begin to think of my mortality.
But at the same time, when I looked at this, I said, Lord, I want to be able to say this. I want to be able to say this. Now look at this. We're talking about someone who practiced righteousness. You, these are somebody who practiced righteousness when they were young and when they were old. You don't wait to get old to start practicing righteousness. You want to start young. Amen. Psalm 37, 25. David said, I have been young, now am old. Stop. You plug yourself where you're young or where you're old. I'm over 50. I'm 20 years past 50. 72. This year I'll be 73. November. But he says, I have been young. So you don't start out old. Start out young. Start out young. Okay? And let me just put a pin and say this. Did you know why you age or what age means? When Adam disobeyed God and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, the day you eat, you're going to start dying. You'll die. Now, we know he ate, but he didn't fall over dead. He was still up and about moving. But when sin entered into him, he started aging. And aging means this, progression towards death. I'm 22 years on the other side of 50. And when I saw this, and I read it, I had to read it slow. He said, I've been young. I don't know how many of you are over 50, but we're going to just use this. We're going to use 50 as in, in the middle, <laughs> okay? And everything on that side of 50 is young. Everything on this side of 50 is old. So now somebody would say, well, Lord, I ain't old. I hear my wife say, well, I ain't old. Okay, all right. I'm just using it for, the, for this purpose, okay? All right? Now, okay, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen. Come on. A, per, a person practicing righteousness forsaken. Not just righteous, not the position. But to be practicing it. The Bible says he's the length of our days, man. Amen. So Adam started dying. Okay. The Bible says that. It's been given to us through Adam wants to die. That's why we have to die and go to a grave because of Adam. But then I read in the Bible and Ecclesiastes, it says, why die before your time? Man, don't you know righteousness can lengthen your days? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. I grew up with a grandmom back in the day and we used to go out on railroad tracks and pick up blackberries and we bring them back and we eat some that night and the rest she would can them, preserve them 
and we eat them blackberries three, four, five, six months later. Don't you know why the enemy don't want you to get saved? Because when God gives you his spirit, his spirit slows down the aging process. Oh, my gosh. That's why he don't want to sin. It's a sin and speeds it up. That's why when you see somebody 20 looking like they're 50. Oh, yes. You can tell where they've been. They've been practicing sin. But you can see somebody 50 looking like they're 30. Why is that? Because the spirit of God is a life-giving spirit. He's not a thief. Amen. He gives us life. How much more do you want? Jesus said, I come to give you Zoe, the God kind of life. Not the life that's, that we see in this world. Come on, saints. Praise God. We ought to thank God every day to be thankful. One of the things that, that, that hurts God is we're so ungrateful. Every day we get up, we ought to thank him. It's another day, praise God, to practice righteousness. I'm so glad he made me righteous. Until he made me righteous, I'm practicing sin, killing myself. Amen. Sin is death, y'all. It's death. So Ecclesiastes says, why die before your time? It hurts my heart when I see these young people out here. Everybody's singing their praise. But they don't know there's a thief out there. And he don't care about your youth. He don't care about your rap. He don't care about your skills. If he can keep you in righteousness, the thief, Jesus said in John 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when it happens, we don't, uh, people in your circle don't know what to say. Let's give a shout out to whoever that person is and all that kind of stuff. But we need to ask ourselves, how do they lose their life? It's so Younger age. Because of sin. Don't you know the Bible says there's pleasure in sin? How about this? The devil has to get you high and laughing to kill you. Sin's a killer. God don't want us killing ourselves before time because your life has purpose. God wants to position you so he can work through you so he can manifest his will in this earth through your body. Our body. We have to take care of our body. Amen. We can't shoot stuff in our arms and drink all this kind of stuff, talk all kind of way. Amen. Man, I want to be pleasing to God. God says when a man, check this out, guys. So when a man's ways please him, he'll make even his enemies be at peace. I ain't got there yet, have you? God said, when you, as a man or woman of God, our ways start pleasing God, he will make our enemies be at peace. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's awesome. My God. It makes you want to press in more. Stay right here, Psalm 37. But uh, Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay. Okay, why? So I can give you something. So I can give you something. And all these what? Things. What are the things? The things that we need. The things that we need. But see, you have to, when he says seek, he's, setting, he's, he's positioned us in righteousness. 
But now the seeking is practicing. We got to keep practice seeking God. If you want to become a better ball player, you got to keep practicing. You can't take weeks off because game time's coming. See, here's the thing about in the spirit when the game comes. You don't know when sickness is going to hit. But it shows up. But if you're praying and seeking God, guess what? The prayer of the righteous avails much. The, I said the prayers of the righteous avail much. Somebody practicing righteousness, I'm going to tell you something be frankly honest with you. Anybody who's made righteous but ain't practicing righteous, you need to check them off. This is no game. It's no game. I remember, I said this before, we're in Bible school, my uh, wife's water broke. We're in Bible school. And I remember going to, going to that hospital, okay? And I remember we leave the Bible school where water breaks right there in the classroom. We're on our way to Tulsa, but the school was in Broken Arrow. But here's what I'm getting at. We lived on a block full of Rama students, and they were praying for us. Who, who's praying for you means everything. I think, and we're cheaping the word prayer. We ought to start, start asking, who recovered when you prayed? Not everybody I prayed for got healed, but I kept practicing, and people were getting healed. God's the healer. He said lay hands on the sick. Until you start practicing laying hands on the sick, we don't, you're not going to see no healings. You got to practice this righteousness. God never told us to lay hands if he didn't want to flow through us and use us. So now getting back to, to Psalm 37, 25. He says, I have been personal experience. I have been young, but now I am old. Now, how about this? He made it through his youth to the young days, and now he's in the glory days. And he still has this testimony. I have never seen those who are practicing righteousness forsaken, nor their seed. I'm 72 now, okay? So I have, my children are all grown. But guess what? They have families now. And see, we don't know what God knows the median family is. The family is the husband and wife. They are the family. The children are the start of another family. Now my kids are no longer a part of this household. They done started their family. Everybody say the seed. God wants the seed blessed. When you start practicing righteousness, it's not just for you. as you're setting up for those coming after us. We're so short-sighted, but God is, is a God of generations. I said God's a God of generations. Amen. So when I look and I see our kids are married, I want to say this too. I approve of who they married. Now you can do what you want. Say what you want is on you. But it's nothing like going to see your grandkids with your, with your son and daughters, with your husband and wife. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And guess what? 
None of them's begging bread. Woo! None going without scarcity. Woo! Psalm 37. David is saying, look, y'all. Look, it's not undoable. He says, I've, I've been young and I wasn't forsaken. I'm in my old age, gray hair, no hair, some hair. Guess what? <laughs> not forsaken. That's the goodness of God. When you practice righteousness, you're going to see something. It's not going to show up in just your house. It's going to show up in your children's house. Now I got grandkids. They're calling me poppy now. My kids call me dad, but they're calling me poppy now. Amen. But guess what? The same God that blessed poppy blessed our seed. That's what it's about. It's more than just us. It's more than just you. Amen. You got to realize something. God doesn't bless the peace just for the peace. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. Come on, guys. Listen. We're selling ourselves too short. We're looking at what we're seeing going on, COVID, all that kind of stuff. Jesus says, look to me. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. The enemy's trying to come after our faith. Stop believing. Take heed what you hear. That's why we got to keep hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. We got to keep hearing and keep hearing. We got to keep hearing. Why? I got to keep going back to know who I am. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner and I got saved. Praise God. I said, praise God. Listen, God's positioned us. He wants to say he's positioning you right where you are, young or old. It makes no difference. God's no respect to a person, a person's. Amen. When, if the older, the senior citizen is born again, is practicing righteousness, God will keep them. I'm here to tell you he will keep them. Why? Because we got witnesses in the word. And today, David is one. When I saw that, I just, I just had to keep reading it. Young, old. My baseball playing days were over. And now, oh, I can barely get a job on. I'm not as fast as I used to be, but I'm still moving. Because you know why? I'm moving in him. It says in him I live. In him I move. In him I'm, being my, I'm, being, I'm having my being. God doesn't abandon you when you get older. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. That's the integrity of God's word. God says, I'm not a man I should lie. Don't you know anything breathing can lie? Amen. But God can't lie. We'll, we'll, we'll give. People who are suspect and people who are flakier, you don't know where they're coming from. They're up one day, down the next. We'll give them, we have faith more in them than we'll believe in a God who won't lie. It's, time is short. God wants you to enjoy the days that you're upon this earth. You're upon this earth. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He's, he's positioned us. Never feel bad what God does. He has to position you to bless you. He has to position you. Now, he's don't bless people just to be blessing. Okay? He blesses obedience. He blesses obedience. If you'll be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. That, listen, you got to practice being obedient. It's about practicing. I said it's about practicing. It's about practicing being obedient. This righteous thing is serious. 
David said, bless the Lord. And forget not all his benefits. Righteousness placed you to get the benefits of God. It positions us to get benefits. God loves us with an everlasting love. So when I saw David said, I'm old, I'm young, and now I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's God watching over his word to perform it. When you practice righteousness, God watches over you to see that you get the goods. God understands. That's why the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. That's why it says he's our God and he will meet supply all our need. It's according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We have to settle down. We have to thank God every day when he would chastise us or correct us because he know I'm out of position, but I'm trying to get you back in position. It's just like growing up in the house. Your, your parents will tell you, don't do this as a kid. Don't do that. All they're trying to do is put you in a position to bless you. Well, where do you think they got that from? They got that from heaven. They got that from heaven. Amen. Because they want the best for their children. I don't know a parent, and I know in the bound of grace, they don't want the best for their kids. Amen. Because they do, but they have to train them. Because foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Okay, and you know what drives out? The Bible says the rod. I know, listen, I know you want to talk and all that, but we didn't grow up in the talk days. Okay? Our, our, our conversation was, had four letters B E L T. Okay, and that brought us about correction. When you get killed, you may have thought you getting killed, but we didn't get killed. Because righteousness, did you know this? Exalts a nation. How powerful is that? If it can exalt a nation, it can exalt a country, it can exalt a state, it can exalt a city, it can exalt a community, it can exalt a family. There's power in righteousness. That's why God made us righteous. Amen. Because he wants our families exalted. He wants you exalted. He wants our seed exalted. He wants our community exalted. Listen, this, what God has and plans for us is for good and not for evil, to give us an expected end. And then, I remember, I'm going close. I remember in Bible school, I heard Dr. Aiken say this. He says, don't leave here until you're satisfied. He got that from Psalms 91. The Bible says, they didn't know my name. He said, with long life, would I satisfy them and show them my salvation. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. If you're here tonight, I'm going to tell you, and if you don't know the Lord, it's not about just getting saved just to be getting saved. God wants to position you so he can bless you. He wants to position you so he can strengthen you. Strengthen you. And he has to give us his word so we begin to practice it so he can follow up on what he wants to do. Stop thinking prayers are drudgery. Stop thinking I come to Jesus and I can't do nothing. No, 
you're coming to him so he can, he can give you everything that you would need that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. He said, no good thing will I withhold from them who walk upright, who walk in righteousness. So if you're here tonight and you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can do that right now, right where you are. All you have to do is ask him to come into your life. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want you to take over. I want you to be the Lord and savor my life. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Take away my transgressions. And I accept you right now as my Lord, as my Savior. And I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, that's part one. If you say that, you've got the Spirit of God in you, but the same Spirit in you wants to come upon you. And I want you to ask God to fill you with the Spirit, to fill you with the Spirit, to overflowing. Because the Bible said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And so I want you to say this, Lord Jesus, you are my Savior, and you love me. And you were the Father's gift to me. You say, Lord Jesus, you're the Father's gift to me. Did you say it? Lord, did your Father gift to me? Now Jesus has the gift for me, the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus, fill me with your Spirit, with the evidence of divine utterance, of speaking in other tongues. I receive. Be filled in Jesus' name. Be filled in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I had this to say, but I, I kind of say it for now. If you're a family member and you have a child that's disobedient, running wild, the Bible says the prayer, the, no, it said the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. If you're born again, and you have a child that, you know, out about streets being disobedient. And I just want to give you this testimony and encourage you. There are, there's two men of God, one you know, one I know, but they're both kind of nationally known. And the one I know, we fellowship at a church when I was in Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and you got to realize something. If you're born again, the enemy wants your seed. He wants your seed. And so both these, these ministers, both of them had a son. I don't know how many sons, but one of them. The enemy got him on drugs. Okay? Now notice what I said. It said the seed of the righteous can be delivered. And when you pray for them, God will set them free. The first one, son got delivered. Come to, the, come to his father, who's the pastor, and ask him, can I work and do anything in the ministry? And now he's over the film department. I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. The other one, son, got involved, moved from home, was in another state. And as they were praying, the Lord showed them where he was. But not only the Lord show them, but God sent an angel to go there. When the angel got there, the angel saw what was going on. Two kids, one took drugs, one died. 
He took the drugs. He threw them up. And the angel just stood there. And while he stood there, the devil sent a demon to take his son out. But when the angel saw the demon, he just shook his head and left. The kid gets set free by the power of God, goes back home apologizing to his son, to his, to his parents. So I want to say to you, God has no respect to a person's. And that's a testimony to encourage you because if he'll do it for one, he'll do it for another. So, Father, I pray for every parent, single or married, that has a daughter or a son, that the enemy is trying to take them out before their time. I pray, Lord, for a supernatural grace to come upon them now. I call for them to come in. I come in in Jesus' name. I call them to come forth in Jesus' name. I say the weapon formed against you will not prosper. I say to you, parents, you be encouraged. You pray. You just ask God, God, deliver my son. I'm righteous, God. They're my seed. And I'm asking you, God, to deliver them because your word said it. And you're no respected person. If you did it for one, you'll do it for me. Because the, the spirit of the testimony of the Lord Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And what that means is God will do it again. If he did it, he'll do it again. That's why when you hear a prophecy or you hear a testimony, it's to encourage you that the same God who did it for them will do it for me. I didn't know that, but I was taught. I got my other minister who knew more than I did, and they told me that when you pray and you hear a miracle done in somebody else's family, when you pray, you can get that same miracle. So I pray to your parents. I pray to your mothers or, 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 or dads or even aunts. I pray that you'll believe God for your seed. He's telling them to come in now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Do you love him? I say he's a good God. He's a good God. Never be ashamed of the let God position you. He positioned you so he can bless you. So when he made you righteous, he put you in a position so he can withhold no beneficial thing from you. And when you practice it, he is a rewarder. God will not deny what he said. He's proven that he's faithful. When I think about what he did for David, I think about how blessed I am to see our seed. And now I'm seeing our seed seed. God's no respect of persons. Amen. And let me just say this too before I close on close with this. If you sin, the Bible says you confess the people of God because he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He puts you back in right standing. And now as you practice righteousness, you the blessings. He just opened up the floodgates because God is not willing to any of us perish. He's, that's called mercy. That's called mercy. He gives you mercy. And you can start again. Never keep thinking about yesterday. Today is a new day. That's why every day you wake up, you get new mercies. God is looking to show himself strong. He says, my eyes are running to and fro, looking to show myself strong. Those whose hearts are right before me. So you be blessed. Appreciate you so much. In Jesus' name, God bless.